0: Welcome to the Gentlemen Podcast. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the heartbroken Glenn Stansberry.
1: Why am I? Why am I heartbroken, Glenn? I uh, look. I uh, I have
0: a I have a, a a a power to see into the future. Oh. And mm. uh, I only dust it off once in a while. Mm-hmm. But I I used my powers today to look into mm-hmm. next mm-hmm. week mm-hmm. into how you're going to be feeling. Mm. And I. I could feel heartbreak mm. coming your way. Mm. I'm basically like a really, really, really good fortune teller. Mm. I can I can see the future, and I I mm. I, I, I didn't want to tell you this, especially uh, on the podcast. Mm. But you uh, you're, you're headed for a heartbreak, as
1: Winger would say. <sighs> wow. Yeah. So I, I I trust you're referring to the tournament and the outcome in the March Madness tournament. Is that what you're saying, Brian? No, I think your wife's going to leave you.
0: <laughs>
1: well. <Yeah.
0: laughs> yes, I'm talking about the NCAA tournament and your favorite team, the KU Jayhawks.
1: everyones It's America's favorite team, Brian. you got the National Player of the Year, National Coach of the Year. I mean, who doesn't love the Kansas Jayhawks? I'm guessing by your face that you're making right now that you may not be in that uh, camp. Wow. Well. Um, well. So anyway, I...
0: I look. I apologize in advance. Your team's <laughs> gonna be up. There's always next year, well, Is what I'm saying. There always is. That's There's true. always next year, Glenn. That's true. Um, so, so yeah. Okay. Anyway, so just, I, I'm just, I'm just getting you forewarned because you know,
1: you, this couldn't have waited. This had to go right before we started the podcast. Well, and- you know, it's. Uh, I, I
0: felt I should get to the information as soon as possible when it benefited me the most. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. That's I can see that now. the criteria that mm. I used to make that decision. Okay. Uh, but anyway, Glenn, well, I, I will say that probably, you know... 67 teams' fans will probably be heartbroken mm. uh, in the next few weeks. So, um, yep. so That's how that. that works. Everybody except mine. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Glenn, uh, this uh, special uh, NCAA bracket version of the Gentleman Podcast, because the uh, tournaments today and yesterday... And, uh, so...
1: Also, it's, uh, it's a little holiday. Yeah, that's right. It's St. Patrick's Day. That's well. right. A lot of things going on. I'm wearing my green. I'm... Not, oh, I do have some Whoa, green on actually. Oh, you're going to have to get
0: a <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, save that for the, after the podcast.
0: Uh, uh anyway, Glenn, we... Yes, there's a lot going on. Mm. So we've got to stick to the plan here. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, starts... It's, speaking of sticking with the plan... Mm. You and I created, we co founded a site mm-hmm. called gentleman.com. Mm-hmm. It's basically like March Madness uh, in that there are tons of tacks that you can pick to win or lose, and it really, you know, you just never know. It's like an elimination, single elimination tournament every day. Everybody's trying to win, everybody's filling out brackets all the time on <laughs> gentleman.com. So I would say if you like. Uh, if you like filling out NCAA tournament... I, I, I saw a statistic recently that was like, there's going to be 38 million or th- something brackets filled out this year, or 40 million, or 400 million, wow. 4 billion, something like that, brackets wow. filled out this year for the tournament. And my thought was, hey, light bulb goes off, if that many people are in- into filling out brackets, then we should have, like, you know, we should have them come to the and... You know, not necessarily like a basketball tournament bracket, but if that many people like brackets, that's right.
1: we should really market to them. Is it about just the basketball, or is it about the act of filling out a bracket? I hope it's the act of filling out a bracket.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and if that is the case, if you like filling out brackets, you can go to Gentleman.com and uh, fill out many brackets. Uh, and you fill out the bracket by uh, clicking on things. Yes. Lots of things. Clicking on many things on Gentleman.com. Uh and once you get done with that Glenn, uh we we have an entire podcast dedicated to brackets that you're listening to right now. Mm-hmm. Uh bracket lovers everywhere, listen to this podcast. Every and day. It's like the best bracket podcast there is. If you like brackets, then you'll like the Gentleman podcast. And that's over at podcast.gentleman.com where you can check check out the links we're going to talk about during the podcast. You can follow along with those, you can see some uh previous beers that we've rated, previous drinks that we've rated. Uh, you can do all kinds of stuff over at uh, podcast.gentleman.com, including listening to previous episodes and such. Uh, and one more thing, Glenn, I wanted to tell everybody out there if you're really into brackets, you can get in touch with us yes. and talk to us about brackets. Mm-hmm. Send us your questions about brackets. Uh, and you can do so uh, by sending us a letter to PO Box 442 305, Lawrence, Kansas 66044. We will get your letter about brackets. We will take it. We put it up on the hall slash wall of fame, which we know is the hall of fame of brackets and uh we will talk about a general podcast we might send you a little bit of something a little back just a little something back in return for uh uh to a fellow bracket lover uh and if you can't send a letter to us because look maybe you uh maybe you're so engrossed in picking your tournament teams this year you're really into that bracket uh, and you don't you don't have time to pull yourself away. You can fire off an email to us, howdy at You can go to Twitter, Facebook, Plurk uh, YouTube, uh, Hot Or Not, Snapchat, Farmers um, Only Farmers Only, uh Chideo, uh, Instagram, who's your daddy? Who's your daddy dot com. I think it's for Hoosier who's your fans. Who's your daddy dot com? <laughs> uh, yes. And uh, you can you can go to any of those social networks and uh, get in touch with us. <laughs> <laughs> and we encourage you to do so. Okay, Glenn. Well, uh, st- uh, after all that's done, we still have to. We still have a lot to do here tonight. We still have to talk about a lot of brackets. So let's get get to it. But let's start with uh, you and I have a favorite segment, which is the drink of the week. It's, and let's start with that. Yes, uh, Glenn. This week, it was my turn to go to to go get something that we could talk about. Mm. Uh, Glenn was so kind to take me to the Big Twelve basketball tournament. That's right. Up in Kansas City last week. We were up there for the first round games. Um, neither of our favorite teams
1: were playing, but we we're still just about getting going and enjoying the the time up there. And uh, and apparently the the mood was pretty somber the next night because yes. the, the local team lost. <laughs> yeah. Early. Yeah, that's true. So there right. are a lot of upset people. Uh, yes. So we got in at the good time. Yes, I that's feel. true. And also um, the fortuitous ticket price time. Yes. Any ticket other prices day. were very fortuitous. That I
0: um but, uh, but, yeah. So, anyway, we were up there. We, we stopped by the Power and Light District, which is right across from where the Big 12 turns the Sprint Center in Kansas City. And there, we stopped at an Irish bar there. I don't think it was a real Irish bar. Definitely I think it not. was kind of a faux Irish bar. But that doesn't matter. Um, they had some Irish beers there. And we actually had some Smithics. Mm-hmm. Uh, beers while we were there, and we, we enjoyed those. And we thought, hey, we, we need to... I, I thought, I saw... I thought at the store I knew it was St. Patrick's Day. I thought, hey... Light bulb? Yeah, we we just we just partook of this beer recently. We might as well run it through the MTS computer and yep. see what the uh, mm-hmm. rating is, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. we built this whole supercomputer to make beer ratings, and why not put it to use, you know? Right. So, I figured let's go ahead and do this. So, I picked up a Smithwick's Red Ale, and uh, I've only had this one once or twice, actually. I mean, I've seen it but it's always been like, uh, I want to say, you know, even um, on Guinness, mm-hmm. you know, when I was in Ireland and I, I spent about a week there, when I was there, you know, I just stuck with the Guinness. I didn't really have the Smithics. Um. But uh, apparently, according to them, according to Smithix, uh, it's the oldest and most popular what? Irish beer. Really? They say most loved. I don't think they... Ah, I, see, metric you can't track. Yeah. See, I think that's, <laughs> it's all the semantics. Uh, but they said 300 years. So they said they've been around a little bit before Guinness. Okay. So I I, I don't know. That It's probably... I'm. I'm guessing that 300 years ago, history might be a little bit harder to...
1: Right. You know what Keep I mean? track of?
0: Like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Was he 70? Was he 80? We don't know. This is, this is like the craft beers today. They yeah. all claim that they're the yeah. first ones to make a yes. stout or whatever. You know, these In the state of Florida. Smiths is like, oh, yeah, we're the oldest brewery known uh, to man. Known to me. Yes. <laughs> uh, anyway, this is uh, Smithwick's Red Ale, Red Irish Ale. Um, this is a ruby red session ale with a gentle hot bitterness, sweet malty notes, and a refreshingly balanced taste. Mm. And that's—I just came up with that off the top of my head.
1: Yeah, and uh, that's um, what I was going to say. That's how I remember it too, Brad. Yeah.
0: Um, but uh, just a little bit of, of information about uh, um, about the beer itself. It's an Irish red style. It's 3.8 percent alcohol and it's 17 IBUs. Mm. Okay, so 3.8? Um, 3.8, 3.8. Wow, which is really low. It's like a light beer. This is basically like O'Doul's.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, whoa, 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 we're going European bitterness units, the EBU's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not international. Whoa, European. Whoa, whoa. So well, I don't know what this does. This is gonna. We're gonna have to refactor some things. I, I've got uh, internationalization
0: built into the MTS computer.
1: Wow, man, you're like. So what? What's that movie? Uh, the Alan Turing uh, movie. Uh, uh, with Benedict Cumberbatch came out a couple years ago. The imitation. Game. Imitation Game. Yes, that's like that's like you, you you're you're yeah, you're, plugging, you're plugging in and the out, like trying to, yeah. trying to different. That's about what it looks like. The MTS. Uh, yeah, pretty much
0: There's a bunch of cables that go in and out. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Room sized. <laughs> um. Anyway, Glenn. All right, well mm. let's uh, let's try the Smithwick's Irish Ale
1: here. Cheers. Oh yeah pretty good it's it's not as flavorful as i remember it it really isn't maybe that was a real irish bar this doesn't taste as nearly was it i i think it was. i think this was the red ale i don't know no this is irish ale premium irish ale yeah but it's the the red one. Hmm. my goodness premium irish ale it doesn't say Wait a minute. Imported by Diego Guinness USA. Hang on. Does Guinness own Smithix? So many questions. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I do like this. I like it. It's not. It doesn't seem nearly as flavorful of it.
0: Kind of watery was at the off the tap.
1: Maybe this is a different kind. I, I wonder if we got. Did we get like the pale ale or something?
0: I wonder if that's I don't it. Know. I think we got to, I think we got the pale ale
1: yeah because it's still a much a higher much yeah. higher 4.5% ABV <laughs>
0: okay well alright well all that's right. interesting alright so I, I this was my mistake I, yeah. I I have I I got my Smithix mixed up
1: that's okay I do remember it being sweet yeah
0: so yeah. this is maybe I don't know okay well alright Well, we're just gonna have to go with it because I you know that's what.
1: <laughs> oh <would>, yeah. Um <laughs> fruity, grassy, and full of flavor. <laughs> I think I think we had the pale ale. I think, I that's think you're what we right. had to.
0: I, I think that's what it was. I don't part, know. Part of the confusion is the, the, the branding
1: is completely different. Yeah. Uh, yes. Well we got a we got on tap, didn't we? We did. Yeah. And it was I remember it being a green tap. So oh I think, okay. Okay. See I think
0: I think it was a pale ale then. Um Anyway, Glenn. Well, this is solid, too. Well, what uh, if you had to uh, rate this beer, which we do because this is the one I got.
1: <laughs> what, would you, what would you rate this one? <laughs> well, um, for a non-alcoholic beer, it is <laughs> very tasty. Um, I like it. I mean, it's just there's not a lot of... No, there's a it. delicate balance when you when you drink a beer. You want there to be a little bit, at least for me, you want there to be a little bit of a bite. Yep. That lets you know there's some alcohol in it. Yep. But also, you want to taste something. Right. Something that, like, you know, you can't just open a Gatorade and throw it down. Yeah. You know, the alcohol will, like, burn you as it's right. going down. And right. there's none of that really going on. Nope. Uh, so this is, um, it's like the Gatorade of beers. It's really not that bad. It's a tasty beer, but... It's just not a. It's barely beer. Is the problem? Near beer. Near beer. That's yeah. good. That's good. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. So. Oh, I should. I should let you know the price was seven ninety nine. Okay. So. so not super expensive. You know. No. Yeah. Um, hmm. Okay. Well. This isn't gonna crack the eights. No. Uh, I'm saying it squeaks in as, with a, a 7.1. You're going 7.1. Mm-hmm. Huh? I was gonna go 7.5. Well, let me let me tell you why 7.1. Okay, just because it's 3.8 percent. Yeah, that's the real that's 3.8 percent
0: is pretty low. Um, <laughs> I was gonna go 7.5 because I actually like the taste of it. It's very good. It, like for what it is, you know, mm-hmm. if I was gonna drink this or a Budweiser, it would be like, you oh know, yeah, absolutely. You know, this, I you know, but it's definitely like a Lagerish kind of beer, like
1: yeah. Have we ever rated Budweiser? We wouldn't. We haven't done that, have we? I don't know if we have or not. I don't know. I have to look it up. Anyway, um,
0: so I was gonna go 7.5. five. So mm-hmm. you went seven one. I went seven five. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what we think, Glenn. That's right. Uh, we got to run this through the MTS computer, the Mustache Twist Scale computer. Um, this will. Uh, I'm gonna type some facts here uh, into the computer, and then it will crunch some numbers for us, run the algorithms, uh, you know, machine learning, etc., et and then we'll we'll it'll actually print off um with a, a physical printer it will print off a report that will give us um lots of data but we're going to summarize it in the form of a score for, for from the NTS computer okay so we said that i'm gonna bring up these stats again okay we said we uh, this was alcohol by volume 3.8 mm-hmm. percent uh the european <laughs> bitterness units are 17
1: i kind of almost wish there was more hops
0: I do, too. <laughs> um, <laughs> for once in my life. For once in my life. Uh, the price was seven ninety nine, dollars 99 uh, and uh, this uh, – and Smithix has been around for the last 300 years. And, and maybe longer than Guinness? And maybe longer than Guinness. And apparently people like it more than Guinness. The, they're mo- the country's most beloved.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I don't anyway. think I'd be loving it as much as uh, – Guinness is hard to beat. <laughs> it's so good. If your competitor, if your one competitor is Guinness, you're dead.
0: Dude, that's a tough. You're red dead. Tough road to hoe. You say that. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, this I, I can I can tell the, the MTS computer is finished getting the report. So mm. I will step over here and get the report. And uh, oh, okay. So get it. Bring it back here. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> that on my phone. Um, okay. Uh, I got the I got the MTS report here. Okay, good. Uh, this is very in depth, etc. There's a lot of pages, a lot of things to go through. But basically, you know, we don't want to bore people with this. Mm-hmm. I could read this for days. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe I will sometime. Uh, but today, we're just going to go with the MTS uh, empirical scale for the Smithwick's Red Ale, Red Irish Ale, is a seven point three.
1: Okay, that's. I feel like so. that's almost. maybe maybe I went a little low. Maybe I win a. The MTS the, computer says seven point three. The problem, Brian. The problem I think is that what we had at that tournament was so good. It was good. I. I, I they must I have been the tail. Quite, yeah. I don't
0: know. I don't know what I'm. I don't know. That's I'm okay. confused.
1: I thought it. I thought it was their like
0: standard red ale, but I think Smithix must be their must be their pale ale. That's the one. Tell you what, I feel like we're
1: gonna be we're gonna find ourselves at a, a bar in you know, the near future. You know who else has Smithix?
0: Uh, the green dragon. Yes they do. Yeah. So we should go down there and, and get to the bottom of this. Okay. Yeah. So we'll settled. We'll, we'll get this figured out. Don't worry everybody. We'll get this figured out. <laughs> you can trust us. Yeah, we'll we'll report we'll we'll, back. We'll get back <laughs> on this. Uh anyway, Glenn all right, well moving on. We're gonna need
1: p- another picture to make sure.
0: Yeah. Uh we'll we'll double verify for sure. Um okay, Glenn, well, let's kind on of to some interesting posts from gentleman.com com in the last two weeks or so.
1: You bet. First up, uh we got a real humdinger here. Yeah. By uh, a real a hole. Somebody who, you know, we can't really kick them off the site. Um, we probably should. Well, uh, who's to say we can't? Well, that's true. I can. That's true. You could. <laughs> I posted this article. Um, and honestly, I'm trying to remember where I, it was a link to a link to a link. Uh, and quite frankly, <clears throat> Dark web. We're, yeah, it really it really is. We're getting a you know, we've never really talked about our methodology for finding Yeah. uh incredible things, supposed to to gentlemen. Um I don't want to give away my secrets, but let's just say it's that copyrighted. I got down a, yes, I got down a rabbit hole mm-hmm. and I ended up on top10realestatedeals.com <laughs> <laughs> which everyone knows yep. is uh an empirical source for uh yeah. top10 real, real <laughs> estate yeah. uh, interesting real estate information. Yep. And I found anyway they were reporting, this top-notch crew, yeah. on uh, the Guinness Beer Castle is for sale. Mm-hmm. And um, what this is, is if we can trust this website at all, um, the historic home of uh, the Guinness beer heiress, <laughs> um, Una, Lady Moore and Brown, who is one of the three... Golden Guinness Girls. So you know the Golden Girls. Right. It's like that, except they're the Guinness heiresses. Okay. Um, sounds like
0: a great sitcom.
1: Who entertained lavishly and had entertained had uh entertained guests like the Rolling Stones, Angelica Houston, who grew up next door apparently. Of course. And uh U2's Bono. So <laughs> That's awesome. some odd bedfellows there, but uh uh anyway, so the 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 story goes on to talk about, you know. This amazing, you know, five thousand acre spread, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a beautiful, uh, a beautiful home. And it's not, it's not like it's, it's not massive, you know. Or you think of somebody who's like a family in the family of uh, Guinness. Guinness, they're probably yeah. going to have a, a lot of money to build whatever they flip and want, right? And uh, they, it's pretty simple. I mean, it's it's not simple. It's it's pretty modest comparatively to the money that they had. Um, but I guess a writer, um. <laughs> um Robert O'Byrne, um, who wrote, oh, and the house is called the Lugala House, mm-hmm. or the Lugala Estate. Um, Lugala Day is the story of a Guinness house, and he called it the most decorative honeypot in Ireland and went on to, um, interesting way to elaborate on some scandals and other things oh. that happened at the <laughs> Lugala. Interesting. So, uh, anyway, so an 18th century castle uh, is probably going to go for around 30 mil. Euros, USD, USD. Oh, twenty-eight million euros, twenty-nine point five million USD. Oh, wow. Apparently, we're pretty close. To yeah, this. the euros are really old. Brexit down. didn't really work out that yeah. well. Um, okay. So, anyway, so thirty million dollars. Interesting house. I really, I really. So, like are you going to make an offer? Um, you know, if they don't meet that thirty million, do you think they'll accept hundred thousand dollars? <laughs> Offer? I'm just gonna throw it out there, okay? You just throw it right back if you want, but I wouldn't recommend it. Thirty you know, million dollars isn't happening, okay? In, ca- in I'm gonna uh, walk
0: in alone. I will walk right out of here from right, right my now. My bank
1: will back me, one hundred thousand um, dollars. Yeah, so pretty cool. The, the article talks a little bit about the, the history of the Guinness Company. Um, so there you yeah. go. On this great St. Patty's Day. You uh, can buy the, yes. I, I, I looked this up uh, on
0: another site, and uh, I, I, just as a couple extra facts about this, the, uh, the property was built in 1787 um, by the Lutouche family, mm, Dublin bankers, mm-hmm. um, and in 1937, Ernest Guinness bought Lugula and gave it as a wedding present to his daughter. Sweet Moses. On her, uh, for her marriage to Lord Aronmore. And brown. <laughs> uh, How, what kind of? I mean, that's a wedding present. So, <laughs> so anyway, it's a uh, like like Lynn was saying. This this quickly became a place where artists, you know, mm-hmm. actors, scholars, poets, all these you know, all these kind of uh, artistic people began hanging out there, and and uh, she began entertaining people there for, and it has since 1937. So it looks the the property looks. Yeah, incredible, it cool, and, and it's like right like, outside of Dublin. So, yeah, so I mean, yeah, stone's
1: throw from Dublin, basically. In the mountains, there's a there's a heather, there's a lake. Oh man, yeah, so Twenty thousand anyway. foot uh square living space. So if anybody's square in the
0: market foot. for some new property, yeah. I would, but I'm not. You know, I'm, I've already got a castle and all that stuff. If
1: you need me to come with you to Ireland,
0: yeah, to we can uh, negotiate. We'll negotiate.
1: <laughs> priceline negotiators.
0: Yeah, we're we're hardcore negotiators.
1: You think I was joking about the hundred thousand? We times. want to
0: offer you thirty-one million. <laughs> Take it or leave it. <laughs> you took it. Uh. Anyway, Glenn. All right. Well. Uh. So yeah. So that's that's good to know that, that we can uh, go purchase a castle in Ireland if we need to. Yeah. You know. Um, all right. Well. Uh. On the other spectrum of of things that can happen in your life. Um. This was a little post by our good friend, and we were just. Joking around before the show how much we love having this guy on the site, Trick Joe,
1: uh, posted this link.
0: And this is... I love this. This is a great link. Uh, it's really hard to... I don't know how you distill this down into like a... I'm going to try, but I can't, yeah. I can't really do it justice. But basically, it's called uh, Worst Ever, Diners Forced to Order Dominoes After Bondi Pop-Up Dinner Fail. Um, so this is, of course, about Bondi Beach in uh, Sydney. Have you been there? I've been there, yes. Okay. Um, and Bondi Beach is, is like a, you know, it's, a li- it's not a big beach. It's pretty, you know, a moderate-sized beach just outside. I mean, it's, it's a part of Sydney. It's a nice, okay. It's a nice little area. Uh, it's a little sketchy, but whatever. Oh, okay. Uh, but anyway, this famous chef who I've never heard of, but maybe people out there have. Yeah. Um, his name's <laughs> Luke Luke Mangan. <laughs> uh uh he arranged this uh this a movable feast which is basically like a pop-up you st- okay you, you you pay 165 dollars for the ticket per person and you get an eight course meal and chilled champagne on mm. the beach in bondi mm. uh sounds lovely gourmet you know, to the nines. This sounds fantastic. Eight course. The problem is that three thousand people showed up to this thing, okay, and uh, they they quickly ran out of food, and so they weren't able to serve everybody food. And then that happened, so that wasn't good. But then, once people realized they weren't going to be able to eat, they um they they so Bondi is like a U shaped beach, you know. And around that U-shaped beach, there's restaurants and, you know, all kinds of stuff, like little shops and stuff like that, but a lot of restaurants. Okay. And so people, like, there's people showed up at this thing, and they can't eat there, so they wanted to go. Like, there's restaurants across the street. And so, that, so there's people who want to go do that. So they went and did that, and then they couldn't get back into the festival. But the best part is people actually got so desperate to eat that they ordered Domino's. To be to which was delivered and eaten at this eight course, $165 per ticket meal service on Bondi Beach. So it actually completely failed. And, and one of the most interesting things about this was uh, their Twitter account for this official uh, movable feasts uh, account said, Wow, what a night it's been! Thanks to all who attended. Remember, don't leave any friends behind, grab your besties, and get home safely.
1: We'll see you next year. Drink responsibly. Drink responsibly. (laughs) Apparently (laughs) there's like, what, a two-hour line for the beer? Yeah. So, Uh, Or booze, I guess, whatever you wanted. Wow, that's pretty terrible, Brian. So,
0: interesting. um, I think, uh, you know, as far as Movable Feast is concerned, what's a success? 3,000 people paying
1: $165
0: each. And you only had to make like two meals. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, we ran out of food. Sorry.
1: Uh. I would try Domino's. The end of the article, they talked about um, that you can that under Australian consumer law, the patrons may be entitled to sue for, I th- which I hope they do. I think I would definitely sue. Yeah, I would. Class action. I don't know that. if I'd sue. I would. I would demand a refund. I would track
0: the chef down and <laughs> shake him down. You know what I mean? The old shakedown, in person yeah. shakedown. How much money's in your bank account right now?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: So, but look, the, the picture just looks funny as hell. Because, I mean, Bondi Beach is not very big. It's not. And I was thinking about 3,000 people being on, just, on at tables. Yeah, like, just, just the whole idea just seems stupid. I mean, why don't, at that point, just limit it to 1,000 people and have everybody have a really great time. What's, okay, Glenn, what's better? Well, we talk about this stuff all the time, but... Is it better to have three three thousand people show up and have a terrible time, or have a thousand people show up and be like, "This was awesome. It was exclusive. I, you know, <laughs> it was fantastic."
1: I'm gonna think about that one, Brian. Let me think for a second here. You know um, what I mean? Of course, it's a rhetorical question, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> you know, from a marketing perspective, what do you do there? Do You do the cash grab, or right. you know, right? I, I was thinking, from my perspective, how terrible. Like how much I would hate this experience. Oh, I know. Even if the even if everybody got fed, like yeah, three thousand people on a tiny beach, sardined like, in there, eight course meal. Yeah, it, this looks ugh. It just looks like a bad, you know. It looks like a frat party. Yeah, that's but, exactly right. Yes,
0: <laughs> with, like with old people. With old people. Yeah. <laughs> like a.
1: Like if you and I had a frat party, yes. like we had a frat. Yes. Anyway, this is what is.
0: Anyway, okay. Well, let's move on. But this, uh, this is great in this uh, in this time time and place when uh, <laughs> people are selling this exclusive pop up gourmet dinner on the beach. Yeah. People end up eating Domino's. I gotta say, I, I probably would prefer Domino's over some of the stuff that was probably served at this thing.
1: The only pop up they got was the box as it opened. Uh, that's my fresh kind of pop up. That's right. My kind of pop-up meal is Domino's. (laughs) Six bucks. Oh, man. Oh, man. Now I want some Domino's. (laughs) Hang on. I'm going to go order some Domino's. And some chilled wine. (laughs) All right. Our last tack that we're going to feature tonight, today, whenever you're hearing this, is from our good buddy Jordan. And Jordan posted something from Medium.com, which is a publishing website for... Everyone, we'll just, everyone, and um, but this one is this this post is unique because it's from the newly elected Secretary of the Interior Ryan Zinke. Zink, Zinke. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Uh, let me just cut to the chase here. This guy's awesome, um, and I saw Brian. You know, we we pick things to talk about on the podcast, and I don't know if you felt this. I don't know if everybody listening felt this. But I kind of feel like the whole election process was a, a touch negative. <laughs> um, yeah. And the, okay. For the past yeah. like three years, during the whole campaign and everything, so it's really I think you're probably alone in that. But well, okay. To we just own, lost everybody. <laughs> we did that. Um, no. Uh, yeah, it was terrible. Every, all around, just really all negative. around. Yeah. It was still this. I mean, no matter yeah, which side you're on, everybody's yeah, pissed. So really, everybody's yeah. pissed at other people yep. being pissed. Anyway. Yeah. So it's cool to see this, who's, this guy is the, like I said, he's newly appointed uh, Secretary of the Interior, mm-hmm. and he talks about how, um, well, one of the things he talks about his job is basically to figure out a budget for the entire, like, parks department, National everything. parks. He's, he's talking billions of dollars here. Yeah. <laughs> and how to, you know, all his responsibilities were there, but he was talking about, like, why... All he, the public lands, basically. All, right, all the public lands. And that he grew up, you know, 22 minutes away from Glacier National, National Park. And he just loves the fact, he just can't believe he's he has this job. And he says, I'm new to the department, but not new to the issues that you are dedic- or you are so dedicated to for the American people. Um, so, anyway, he's talking about how much he loves our land and how much he loves our parks. And that the only thing he really cares about is protecting them. And making them better. And he said to use a camp or a Boy Scout camp motto is that you leave the campsite better than when you got there. Uh, He says he's an unapologetic admirer and disciple of Teddy Roosevelt. Um, But he also um, mixes
0: in some other philosophies with it. Right. He
1: also talks about uh, being also like a a follower of John Muir who's big in conservation and things like that. So it's really cool that this guy, um, and he sounds like a character too. One of, the, one of the great anecdotes in this post is that he went hiking with his future wife. And uh, he talks about how, you know, he's trying to be tough and everything, and he uh, he was rock climbing, and he's showing her some moves that he just learned. And he, he landed funny and broke his ankle. And he, you know, like, what did he do? Well, he kept hiking. He grit his teeth and he just kept hiking. And anyway, and then he, and then it won her heart. Anyway, he, he ties it all together to talk about how his stupidity and, you know, public works, <laughs> public landhead. Had right. Won him a wife in the end so. It's pretty it's a great story.
0: I uh yeah, I I was thinking about that. He talks about how um, you know, I think his quote in here uh is that he said he was trying to show off and some training he learned of the the Navy SEAL teams that he was on. Uh and he said he he did what any guy would do in my situation. I stood up, kept on hiking. And surely messed up my ankle a little bit more. <laughs> and I, look, I don't know, I don't know about that statement. Cause I gotta say, like, if I was out hiking with a girl and I broke my ankle. <laughs> it's pretty hard my to reaction here. would be like <laughs> <laughs> the girl probably be like it's fine you just you know no i think it's broken i think it's broken and dry heaving yeah exactly <laughs> i think i'm gonna be sick i think i'm gonna be sick <laughs> uh so you know i think uh i think he might be a little bit off base there he, yeah but um but no i i think it's really cool because uh, he basically just, you know, wrote this post just to reach out to Americans uh, yeah. and he said, you know, I think he, he kind of sensed the partisan divide in the country and, and you know, all that stuff. And he basically said, look, it starts out the article by saying, look, we're all Americans. We're all here because we love this country. Let's work together and make this thing awesome. Um, and so I think that's really cool because, uh, you know, uh, you can clear, you can tell he's sincere about this whole thing mm-hmm. and, uh, I appreciate the fact that he, you know, took the time to write all this post about. No one knows who this guy is. No one knows about the Secretary of the Interior and his stuff. But he he lays out his agenda, what he wants to do, and he says, "Let's come together and make make this thing great." You know. So
1: the, one of the end, last things he says in the post is, "We all rise and fall in the same tide." I look forward to working with each and every one of you. Nice. Let's give him a call. That's Let's right. Let's give him a call. Oh, I know he's listening right yeah, now. Yeah, where is this Ryan Secretary? Where get in is touch with us. We'll
0: we'll work with you. <laughs> What a what a dude! Yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah, so that was pretty cool. I mean, you're, you're, you're definitely probably see more of this stuff going going forward. Uh, people that are in important public offices uh, using things like Medium to kind of reach out to people, and it's a smart move. It's uh, it yeah. shows, he, shows he knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's a good uh, good thing to do. So hopefully, we'll see more of this in the future from people. Provided this isn't fake, Brian. It could be. Maybe he's the secretary mm. of the exterior. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Glenn. Well, it's, uh, that means it's time, Glenn. That's all the <clears> stuff <throat> we're going to talk about from Gentleman.com in the last two weeks or so. But uh, that means it's time to talk about the toast this week, Glenn. Uh, mm. And this is a special week. We, Glenn and I love uh, uh, this time of year because we, every year for the last several years, me and Glenn, on Thursday and Friday during the NCAA tournament, yes, go to a local establishment that we know and love as Henry T's Bar and mm. Grill. Mm-hmm. Glenn introduced me to Henry T's shortly after I moved to Lawrence, probably about... 2010, 2000, yeah, 2010 or so. Yeah. It was probably about when I, the, I remember going to Henry T's for the first time uh, to to hang out with Glenn. Like it was yesterday. Oh,
1: hold, on, hold on, I'm getting
0: yeah. Uh, but anyway, so this this is a uh, and it's become our our go to kind of uh, hangout. You know, if we want to go grab some stuff, uh, there's a lot of stuff that there's a lot of stuff that's happened at Henry T's, including. You know, probably conceiving of a lot of gentlemen and uh, signing the operating agreement that we signed. For That's the, right for for gentlemen.com. Anyway, Henry T's is very important. Uh, place to get wings. Yes, and do business. The best wings. This uh, yeah, it's a new golf course. That's what it is. That's what it, we wrote into the uh, <laughs> operating agreement. That Henry T's is one of the
1: only official.
0: Uh, brisky business, places to make decisions. That's Yeah, we actually wrote that in. So um, I feel
1: like we've strayed from that a little.
0: Well, that's true. Oh, well. Uh, anyway, Glenn, uh, the point is this toast is not to Henry Tease The Bar itself, but to its namesake. And uh, this is this is a toast to two people that no one out there has probably ever heard of. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say no one's ever heard of these people. Yes. Yep. Uh, George Burt. Mm-hmm. And Henry T. Davis. Henry T. is the Henry T's. Henry T. Henry T. Davis. Uh, George Burt moved to Lawrence in 1858. He bought 160 acres. 160 acres hmm. uh, of a good chunk of what is, is now Lawrence proper hmm. uh, was bought by George Burt. Um, and he started farming out You know where Henry T's Bar and Grill is right now. After five years, he decided that he would sell half of his land to his good friend from back east, Henry T. Davis. And so Henry T. Davis showed up here in Lawrence, Kansas, and bought 80 acres from from Mr. Burt. Mm -hmm. Uh, Unfortunately, on April twenty second, 1863, in order to finish out the sale of his land, George Burt, to his good friend, Henry T. Davis, saddled up and went into Lawrence, Kansas, downtown, and stayed overnight at a hotel there so he could like finish up the paperwork to sell this 80 acres to uh, Henry T mm-hmm. and Quantrill's raid happened that morning mm-hmm. and he was murdered in downtown Lawrence um, while trying to finish off this deal to to sell to his good friend uh, Henry T Davis Henry T Davis went on to mm-hmm be alive for the next 30 years uh, his his farm was two miles outside of lawrence as we know it now so quantrell never made it that far out yeah so henry t davis survived and continued to farm in lawrence for 30 more years um but he is actually buried now in a small nine plot graveyard that is just off just Outside of the parking lot at Henry T's. 20, 15, 20 feet from the parking you lot? You can walk up to it 10 feet away from yeah. parking your car in Henry T's Bar and Grill. Mm-hmm. There's a little nine plot cemetery that's right there. And that has George Burt and uh, Henry T. Davis are both buried there along with members of their families are uh, are are buried there. Um, Here lies Henry T. Exactly. And so uh, anyway, I, I just felt like we should, you know, we, we go to Henry T's so mm-hmm. often. Mm-hmm. Every time I go to Henry T's, if I can, I park close to that cemetery <laughs> give it a nod that's right you know uh quantrell's raid is obviously something all kansans are still burned uh, burned up by so for, the,
1: for those of you who don't know kansas during the civil war or actually as a civil war starting was a free state yes missouri was a slave state right and so quantrell and his band of dirty dirty missourians that's right came over to lawrence and massacred a bunch of people. Yeah, they basically <laughs> it's actually a pretty everybody. heavy story. Yeah, uh, they yeah. left some of the women and children, but right. they kind of killed a lot of people. Anyway, including George Burt. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, so anyway, uh, so every time I go to Henry Cheese, I see that mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite establishments. It's named for Henry T. Davis, who farmed the area for many years, um, and had it, you know, just George Burt, bad luck picked the wrong night to go. No kidding. Go to Lawrence and then stay overnight. Can you imagine that. I mean, I'm just gonna stay over. You know, downtown. Because- oh, I'll just stay. Yeah.
1: Why not? Yeah. I'll make a day of it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'll go to the. You know, Five yeah. and Dime. Right. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll go to the hardware store. <laughs> Ugh. So anyway, get a new pistol. Hmm. My yeah Bad timing. Oh man. And the man never got to taste a chicken wing. That's true. Because they weren't invented until the 1900s. Well, you know, um, I'm
0: sure there's things that we're not going to be able to, to know. Hover cars. Hover cars. Well, we might. We might get there. I don't know. Going to the moon? Going to Mars? Hopefully
1: there's not another uh, raid on Lawrence. Yeah. Our lifetime. Because we could be in some serious trouble. I'll be the first to go. Yeah. I'm sure I will. I'll probably... I'll be that guy who goes into town... <laughs> Glenn, hey, you'd be selling me uh, What are you guys doing here? <laughs> <laughs> huh Yeah I've made a huge mistake <laughs>
0: Just a Missourian traveling here Oh yeah, who are we going to go kill? <laughs> yeah, I'm with the band <clears throat> uh, Well, anyway Glenn, uh, here's to uh, George Burt and Henry T. Davis Two Lawrence pioneers that live on in our thoughts That's right Mm. Cheers. Every time I go to uh, my local sports bar, I
1: Give us a salute. salute.
0: Um, okay, Glenn. Well, that means it's time for the... Uh, the old 12 wing salute. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Serious business. <laughs> Which we'll be doing tomorrow. That's right. Uh, me and Glenn will be live. Or we'll be uh, Thursday and Friday. Today. Yep. Yesterday and today. We'll yesterday be, and uh, today. We were there. We'll be at uh, Henry T's Bar and Grill in Lawrence, Kansas. <laughs> So how soon we forget? Uh, anyway, Glenn. All right. Well, that means it's time for the uh,
1: for hot and button
0: topic. Uh, and this week, Glenn, uh, you know, it's, it's tournament time. It's NCAA tournament time. That means it's time to talk about. Let's talk about having sixty-eight teams in the tournament.
1: Oh, uh, as opposed to sixty-four. As opposed to sixty-four. Oh, I've got an
0: opinion, Brian. Let me. Okay. So let me let me throw some facts at you here, Glenn. Okay. Okay. Uh, I looked this up, and this is pretty interesting to me because I didn't know any of this stuff. Uh, but, for instance, okay, between 1953 and 19- 1974, there was between 22 and 25 teams in the NCAA tournament. Okay? Uh, from in 1983, it was 52 teams, but there was a four... There's a four play-in games for the tournament. In 1984, there's 53 teams, but there was a five play-in... So there's like 63 teams, but was really you know 53 uh from 1985 to 2000 64 teams for the tournament 2000 to 2001 2001 to 2010 65 teams with one play in game <laughs> to determine 64th or 65th I never understood place. that I didn't I didn't either and then from 2011 to the present which we know uh is 68 teams with four play in games um and so uh kind of interesting uh there yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, that's been the makeup of the tournament over the last several years. So uh, what do you think about the uh, the four playing games, the 68 teams, and where they're at right now?
1: Well, I'll tell you this much, Brian. When it first came out, the 64 uh, – 64 to 68. Uh well, 65, I guess. 65 to 68. I thought it was absolutely ridiculous. And a money grab by the NCAA to get people to watch more basketball. Well, they were talking about doing 96. Okay, that – Please don't get me started on that. But uh, they signed a
0: new contract and I guess that averted doing 96 game because the CBS was I, like we can't do this. This is
1: no. We can't do. And this. and I don't want to do that. Right. I I I okay, I devote a weekend of my life to this event every year. Yeah. Uh before my wife and I got married, it was like written into our marriage license thing. Right. Every every year I was going to go to in cave. You yeah. said your own vows. Yeah, you're like I will take you. I will go to the ends of the earth unless it is the, to
0: health.
1: Out. Unless it is these two days. I will do anything. I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that. I think Meatloaf wrote a song about. <laughs> yeah, <that>. yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's right. Uh, so, okay, yeah. So I, I I love the tournament, and I love Thursday and Friday. Yes. Best. Two days of the year. Yep. Um, and so when they first started introducing the games on Tuesday, and they play them on Wednesday as well, right? Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was pretty pissed off because I thought it was the money. It was I thought it was the money grab and everything. But the last few years, I feel like okay. First of all, in 2011, the first play into VCU went on to go to the Final Four. Yes. Which is crazy if you think about it. Yep. Uh, considering they beat my Jayhawks, um, yep. and so I was. I really didn't like the concept (laughs) right yeah but it seems like those games are actually pretty important and i kind of like i've kind of grown to like the whole warm-up to the tournament it's like a yeah you know it's just a a quick little warm-up like you got a couple games and then thursday friday it's 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 go 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 and so i kind of i've kind of grown to like it i've kind of like turned my curvajiny like purist only sixty four slash sixty five teams to i like the sixty eight teams I kind of like it now yeah now ninety six talk to me then because I will have a different opinion but sixty eight i'm okay i think it's
0: i think it's really interesting because actually every year that it's been in existence so since two thousand eleven so the last six years uh the team one of the play in teams has gone past the round of sixty four yeah so they've gone into the second round of the tournament. One of the things that I find so infuriating about it is is just the terminology. Yeah. Because when it was introduced, that became the first round. Yes. Was the the, the, the play-in games. Yes. That was the first round. So then all of a sudden, the second round... Was 64. Was 64. Yeah. Apparently, they turned, changed the terminology in 2016 to finally say that the first, first. round is actually the 64. Yeah. And the... the, the, the the previous round, it's not a, it's not round one. It's like round zero. Thank the sweet lord. Yeah, because that was really confusing. The, I,
1: I like the last four in terminology. Right? Yeah, whatever they call it, the first yeah. four.
0: Well, and that's the thing is that basically the the four playing games are comprised of uh, the four last at large bids and the four last automatic bids. Right. So they're basically comprised of like the the the. The last of the last to get into the tournament, and they play each other to, to get into the tournament. It's like
1: the Hunger Games. Yes. For, uh, for basketball. If there was murder involved. Yes. <laughs>
0: um, Unfortunately, so, there
1: are refs. Yeah.
0: So. Um, but uh, but I have an interesting perspective on this because my K State Wildcats. Right. And my, my Wake Forest Demon Deacons. <laughs> uh, were part of. K State were part of the, the, the four, last four. They beat Wake Forest to make their way into the tournament. They're going to play today, tonight. Um, oh. And uh, and so that, you know, so anyway. But I, you know, I don't know. I, I I think clearly evidence has shown, like over the last several years, it's shown that the, the probably more than anything that the committee doesn't really know who they should be picking. Because yep. when you have teams that shouldn't be making the tournament, quote-unquote, and they're making it deep runs to the Final Four... There's there's some kind of a problem with the process of who you're picking to because these teams are good enough to go to the final four. Um so I don't know. Yeah,
1: I wonder the thi- well there could be an argument made about like with the whole one and done you know a lot of a lot of players aren't staying four years yep. anymore. So yeah. basketball teams aren't as, you know, prolific I guess or mm-hmm. uh you know for years on end. But um I wonder this is my opinion. And I'm sure I heard it somewhere else, so I won't take credit for it. But um, I wonder if the fact that it's like it really truly like a warm up, like in yeah. terms of you got nothing to lose. Yeah. And then you've already played your game, so you got the jitters out. Yep. Instead of the first day when yep. everybody's playing and you know Yeah. It's crazy. you know, you've kind of already passed that first barrier. Right. Um, Kind of an easy because you think about it like oh it's a kiss to death you have to play somebody and then two days later yep got to play somebody again but right. I don't know basketball players in college I and mean, I wonder if it if coaching wise it just it
0: makes it so you're not overthinking stuff true yeah where you're just like well I don't really know what to do so let's
1: just let's just go play this game we can't plan it. for every yeah let's, let's just do it let's just go play and see what let's happens play to our strengths yeah. <laughs> Uh, I I watched case K- I watched the K State game. They look loose. They look pretty good. Yeah, like, they looked like they played well. Yeah, um, I haven't watched many of their games this season, but it seems like compared to the ones I watched, it, it was fluid. It was just yeah. like a like a low stress event, kind of. Well, there's a lot of stress involved.
0: For, I for mean, you. <laughs> well, I mean, j- and that's the other interesting part is that people were saying like this is interesting because our coach Bruce Weber's. Really, probably about fifty-fifty on whether he's going to keep his job or not. And mm-hmm. he like barely made it into the playing game, mm-hmm. and now he won that playing game, and now he's in the tournament. And now people are saying, "Well, you know, like maybe if you know he wins a couple games, he's going to be, yeah, you know." Uh, so there's a lot of interesting, you know, controversy around that. Is like, you know, it, it it actually opens up the potential to change job situations at right. that point because if he wouldn't have made the tournament, and like say it was two thousand nine. Right. And there's a cutoff and he's not in there. That, he's gone. He, he probably would have been immediately done for, you know, because yeah. uh, this is year five and blah, blah, blah. You're coaching at Missouri now. Uh, but um, uh, <laughs> anyway, so so it's kind of interesting for that uh, that fact of it that, uh, you know, you, you have the potential as a coach to go on a run, <clears throat> make the Final Four, and all of a sudden that's, you know, you, you're barely going to be in the tournament. Maybe you're on the edge of being fired and you make it to the Elite Eight. Yeah. And what are they going to do then,
1: you know? Right. Shove it, guys! I just made the elite eight. Fire me now. Well, I mean, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Look at look at Shaka Smart. Yep. I mean, he made a Final Four as a play in. Yeah, playing for VCU and and parlayed Or If you're a low major,
0: yeah, you're you're a mid major or something, and you maybe you barely get in the tournament because you're a mid major, and then
1: you go on a run, and all of a sudden he's like the hottest hottest coaching. Yeah, you know, right. And I think part of that. I mean, I think you know that's not just because he played the playing game, but. If they don't like you said, if there's just sixty five teams, they're not even in. Well somebody somebody's
0: making the point is like let, like let's say that the the, the committee deemed K State a you know, whatever, like a twelve seed. Right. Well, we either play so we're gonna play we're gonna up, we beat Wake Forest, but we're gonna end up playing Cincinnati as a six. We could have been playing Notre Dame as a five, and they're like do you really want You really want to get Notre Dame as a five? <laughs> I mean, is that what you really want yeah. to do the first game? I mean, uh. or would you rather play the play game and have a pretty good chance at, at getting a victory and then rolling into exactly. six, a six seed maybe where you get a little bit more chance to, to get... I and you know. have a game under your belt. Yep. And I don't know. Yeah, so... I don't know. It's an interesting, interesting situation. I say, I mean, I think clearly the evidence shows when you have teams that are going for the final four from the playing game, and we're really talking about four teams, not eight, because really four teams. There are sixteen seeds that are like four. of The teams are made up of sixteen seeds, right? And then the other four are the ones that have made the runs uh, either to the second day of the tournament or to the final four. Um, so I think when you're seeing when you're seeing that, that means that those teams kind of do probably deserve to be in there. Um, so, so there's that. So I don't know. I would say probably they deserve to be in there. That's that gray area yeah. around the, who's the, I think, I think the major conferences get too much credit for, for a lot. Like the power five seem to get too much, like the ACC, I, I hate to say it, but K-State look like the better, I'm a K-State fan, but they look like the better teams in Wake Forest. Yeah. Like, like consistently actually- better. And Wake Forest is like the 10th. Atlanta ACC team because apparently the ACC is the, the best, best basketball yeah. conference. Yeah, we we beat the crap out of them, and you know, yeah. So you, you had control of the game, yeah. The the so game. like, uh, I don't know. So we're we're gonna see about this ACC thing, but
1: yeah, we are, Brian. Yeah, we will. We'll see about I, I feel like there's an ACC bias. <laughs> uh, the old East Coast East Coast bias. I don't know. I'm
0: we'll gonna see. stop short of that.
1: I think the Big 12 toughest coverage calls college basketball. Well. Every year, I think the Big 12 is tough. <laughs> <yeah. laughs>
0: um But anyway,
1: it's it's
0: it's interesting. I think it's, based on the data, you could say that those 68 teams deserve to be going there. I don't think it should get any bigger than that. No. I don't think you should. You could probably, if you expanded it to 96, you could probably find a 96 team that, would make it to the the final four eventually or whatever. So you can't really. I mean, I guess. Yeah, you just. Yeah, you gotta but then have some, it's like
1: how many games you have to play to get there.
0: It's you gotta you gotta stop it at some point. I mean, having the two games. Okay, we're at sixty eight teams right now. We're at sixty six, right? Sixty six because you have to the playing game that at sixty. Yeah, sixty six. I think it's like sixty eight with the. Or no, it's sixty eight.
1: It, yeah, it's sixty
0: eight. It's sixty eight. Oh, yeah. Okay. So. Thursday and Friday, as it is, there's three, two or three games going on the whole mm-hmm. day, mm-hmm. from start to finish. Yes, uh, both days, which is what makes it so so beautiful. Which is great, but we don't need like five games going on. No, on these crazy Turner networks that no, no one's ever heard of. Before. Aaron
1: Andrews is going to like have a meltdown on air.
0: Anyway, yeah. So I, I so I think anything bigger than 68 is going to be a problem. But 68 as it is, I think having the playing games, it's it's. You know, gotten some teams in there that have made things pretty exciting. So,
1: yeah, I, I, I think it's super interesting and adds another layer of complexity and, like, weirdness and something yeah. to talk about. Who's going to be, the, Who's gonna be the, the play-in game that's going to go in the tournament? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Brian, I feel like that's a good segue
0: yeah. to our next segment. It really is. Because, uh, Glenn, we're, the next thing we're going to talk about is the final segment, mm-hmm. which is questions from the Gentleman Mailbag. Mm-hmm. And uh, this week, Glenn, I wanted to—we're uh, gonna go delve deeper into the tournament <laughs> and talk about what is one Cinderella game, Cinderella team mm-hmm. that you you see being—you know, there's always that one team that no one sees coming, and they always make it to the sixteen. Sixteen's mm-hmm. about where it goes, and then maybe the eight, but that's that's pretty much you know statistically that's pretty much the end of the line for the Cinderellas, but. There's some small conference or some low seed, maybe, mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. Makes, it, makes it far in the tournament and everybody doesn't see
1: it coming. Who's your, who's your Cinderella team this, this year? Well, Brian, I thought long and hard about this for like 60 seconds. Mm. That's a long time. I know. I pontificated. And I, I know the smart money says, you know, you've got to go Middle Tennessee right okay they won 30 games they won 30 games i think i have them going to the 16 or something like that. whoa whoa maybe i'm maybe i'm you know stealing your thunder here brian no i don't i don't have them going okay sorry go ahead oh no 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 it's fine i i yeah no this is good insight so i i did not uh well first of all uh yeah i did not i'm not going with him though okay that's I feel good. like this That's is good. the team that everybody says, "Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah. The 130 game, and they're going to yeah. lose first round. Yep. I feel like this is going to happen okay. because Minnesota is just going to not not going to be having it. Right, right, right. Um, it's bulletin board material. Yep. I feel like my you know there's a thing in college basketball called the Bill Self coaching tree, <laughs> 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 and there's many branches. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. And one yeah. of those branches extends all the way over. Florida oh, Gulf Coast. Florida Gulf Coast. You yeah, got Florida Gulf. Coast. Uh, yeah. Former assistant under Bill Self, uh, Joe, Joe Dooley. Dooley. Right, Dooley Dooley. Uh, I used to see him running around town all the time. It was hilarious. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why it's hilarious. It's not like he ran fun or anything. It's just I don't know. Anyway. He was literally running around. Yeah, he's a Runner. He's yeah. a runner. Yeah. yeah he, I'd see him jogging around. Yeah. yeah. He's supposed to be a good guy. Anyway, and 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 so he is the head coach of Florida Gulf. Florida Gulf Coast, okay. also known as um, Dunk City. Fa- Dunk City. I was mm-hmm. going to say Feist, Lama, Jama. Uh Dunk City. The the coach uh, Andy Enfield, who's at USC now, mm-hmm. yes, uh,
0: was the coach there when they got the Dunk City moniker. They made it to the sixteen, I think, with yes, that team
1: with lots um, of dunks. Yeah, and so yeah, they're still things are still going well in Dunk City.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're, they're they're good this year. They're supposed to be really good. I
1: feel like Florida Gulf Coast is going to go and win at least one game. Okay, so they're going to beat Florida State. I feel like they're going to beat Florida State and maybe Maryland, who is coached by... Also in the... Well, actually, he's not in the Bill Self-Coaching Tree. No. Former KU guy, though, so i got to go for him. No. Anyway. At Maryland, uh, Mark Turgeon. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so that's my team. Okay. I'm saying Florida Gulf Coast. Okay, Florida Gulf Coast. And how far do you have them going in your bracket? Uh, I have them getting beat by Florida State. Well, I've also heard good things about Florida State.
0: I think Florida State's pretty... Pretty salty. I think that they're an ACC team, but you know, whatever.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a bias, uh, Brian.
0: It's
1: not Glenn, bias.
0: I, I, I would, gosh, I'd be looking for a, a K State, you know, guy that I from a mid major that I could do. But really, all the K State guys are all, at they're at West Virginia, they're at Oklahoma. They're at Oregon. They're at Oklahoma State. It's just hard to find a K-State guy that's at a mid-major school, mm-hmm. so I can't really, yeah, you know. I guess yeah. there was Steve Henson, and he's at, uh, yeah. at UTSA, but they didn't right. make a tournament. But right. he's probably going to be at Power 5, you know, next year, next two years, something yeah. like that. So anyway. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's tough. It's tough for me to do that. Uh, so anyway, no K-State uh, options out there, really. Uh but there's a couple schools that I wanna I I I've got some upset picks here. Okay. Alright. Oh, you got more than one. Okay, I've got I've got two to talk about real quick here. Alright. Okay. All right. okay. I, I'm gonna make this quick. But
1: and right, some of these games have probably already been played.
0: Yes. Uh they probably already have. Uh Rhode Island. Oh uh, Mike and Rhode Island to get to the Sweet Sixteen. Rhode Island what? Uh, Rhode Island plays Creighton to start. Uh and then they face a uh Dina Allman led Oregon team if they do that. And uh Oregon just lost a uh, one of their star big men uh, injury ACL uh, just before this. So, I, Rhode Island, I, I saw, I watched the Rhode Island game. Um, they're playing a championship game. They It looks like they're playing really well down the stretch. They're healthy. They were a top 25 team to start the season. Uh, they've really turned things around. They're playing really well together and they play really well for each other and their coach. You know, it seems like it's just one of those teams. that seems like they have the, the camaraderie to like come together and win games when they need to. Interesting. They beat VCU to um, my Rams. To, yeah, they beat oh. VCU, which is another tournament team uh, in the championship. Uh, so th- I think they're 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 a team to keep an eye on. Uh, the, the other team that I want to mention really quick is East Tennessee State University. Yes, uh, the ETSU Pirates. I yes. believe uh, they have a coach there uh, who is really well known. In coaching mm. circles, former assistant to Greg Marshall uh, at Wichita State uh, and many other places, uh, he he was a former assistant at Texas A&M under Bobby Kennedy. Uh, so this guy's this guy's been around. Several, there's been a lot of coaching trees. This guy's been around. Uh, they're going to play Florida in the opening round. I I think they're going to beat them. Uh, wow! I've got them losing to Virginia in the second round, but I they you know you never know. They could pull off the upset. So East Tennessee State is another who, one. Who coaches um,
1: them, by the way?
0: Steve Forbes, uh, excellent coach. Watch out for East <laughs> Tennessee State. So,
1: whoa, 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 yeah. whoa! Well, that's a hot take right there. Brian yeah. McKinney, yeah. not one, but like three. Rhode Island and East Tennessee State. Two. If you want some
0: Cinderellas, let's go with those guys. All right. And Milton is popular. I've got them. I've got them. I think one
1: in their first round. I thought for sure you're going to go for like UC Davis. No, as a, no, as, got, a no. as a giant killer, Brian, well, making history. That
0: that would mean that it had to be killing a giant. That's which right. Is not taking place. So, um, now I've got Michigan State.
1: I've got Michigan State. Now, just for posterity, how far do you have KU going? I've got them winning the first round. So you have the overall number, or no, the overall number two seed. I think they're number two seed. Yeah, you, you no, they're a, they're number three. Okay, you have a one seed. Yes. Losing after the first round. Yes. Uh, I have. Getting beat by Kansas. Iowa State? Michigan State. You haven't been getting beat by Michigan State? That's because the reason why I'm doing this, mm-hmm. I
0: mm-hmm. would say mm-hmm. the KU would make it to the 16, mm-hmm. the sweet 16. But uh, Tom Izzo is 19 and 4 in the second day <sighs> of the tournament. 19 and 4. He's only lost four times mm-hmm. in his entire career on the second day of the tournament. Mm hmm. And so I, I how, pre- how
1: is he uh, as a nine seed playing against an eight seed on the first day of the tournament, Brian?
0: Well, we're going to find out about that. And that's what I'm he's saying. Gotta, I, I feel pretty. I'm, <clears throat> I'm, Tom Izzo is the best basketball coach in the NCAA tournament. Yes, I'd agree with Once that. Once he gets in the NCAA tournament, he is the best yeah. basketball coach. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So I think if he gets past the first round, he's going to be ready for KU. We'll see. We shall. I, You can take this to the bank. Michigan State, Sweet 16.
1: Whoa! Whoa!
0: Woo. So there you go. It there's gets warm in here. Oh my. There are your tournament picks Whoa. right there Rhode Island, Michigan State. There's, okay. there's your upsets right there. Call your Up bookie. East
1: you Tennessee State.
0: You heard it here. Telling you. Okay, Glenn. Well, that's my. Look, that's my bracket. All. It doesn't matter because everybody's already filled out their bracket, but I'm just saying. You know? I think I think my predictions have proven to be spot on so far. So
1: this year, or
0: yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: <laughs> something like that. <laughs> I will say this: the South is a nasty, nasty region. K State's in the South. I know, and they're an 11 seed. Yeah, and that's brutal wichita state's a 10 seed brian 10 seed can you believe that i can't believe that i can't believe that too. yeah it's it's actually pretty, you know why that's fine yeah i think they're overrated yeah exactly oh hey as a 10 seed yeah well anyway all right well wow all right I, I i yeah there's a lot of we i'm gonna have to chew on this for a while after the podcast is over because man yeah a lot to think about a lot to think about yeah it's true a lot to watch, a lot of basketball to watch. A lot of basketball to watch. Listen, yeah. wherever you are listening right now, I hope you're not listening on Thursday or Friday. I hope that you are watching basketball and enjoying the two most precious days of the year.
0: That's true. Yeah.
1: Look, we can wait. Yeah. We'll be here for you. We'll be here next tournament. That's right. <laughs> tournament after that. And yeah, Henry yeah. T's. Yes. Look us up. Henry T's. Come and punch us in the face. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so there you. Okay. All there right, you man.
0: have it. Well, we got uh, we got some basketball to watch. So yeah, we do. So we should wrap this up. and uh, K-State should be playing here any time. Exactly. Um, and so should KU and Wichita State. Um, <laughs> right. Anyway, Glenn, uh, this was a great episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening to mm-hmm. this episode and getting all your tournament bracket picks in here. And because you're a fan of brackets, which we know a good portion of society is. Yes. Uh, to get your bracket fixed, go to Gentleman.com year-round. Every day. I just want to capitalize on this whole bracket thing. It could be, you know, you could have this every day of the year.
1: Yeah. Why why two days? Every why, day of why the why year. Why first weekend?
0: Gentlemen.com. Yep. Every uh. day. Uh, anyway, Glenn. Mm. Uh, so let's 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 get that figured out. We'll
1: get that in the works. I <laughs> no, I don't know where to go from there. I know where to go. <laughs> That's right.
0: I am Brian McKinney. I'm Glenn Sansbury. Thanks for everybody for listening to the podcast. We'll catch you two weeks from now after the tournament is nearly over.
1: Yeah, we'll be almost nearly over. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, good evening. Good night. Good night.